Philippians chapter 3 and verse number 13. I read the Bible quite often and I I think I've read it through many times. I don't really know how many, but I know that I have spent a lifetime studying the Word of God. And there are times that you can read the same passage over and over and over again. And and then one day you read it and it just comes alive in a new way. And so it has been for this particular passage of Scripture. I feel very much like the Apostle Paul felt. And the reason that I know that is because of how he he couches his words. And he begins like this. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended. I'm not telling you that I have captured this goal. I'm not telling you that I have accomplished this feat, but this is what I have learned. This is what life experience has taught me. But this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. Verse 14 is a continuation. It said, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. I want to take your attention back to Paul's statement, but this one thing I do. Took six words in the English to describe two in the Greek, and in those two words in the Greek, they are only two-letter words but they are profound and powerful. He said, I do, I do, and this is what I do. Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. And everybody said, Amen. I want you to pray with me right now. Let's remember Jimmy Parker, Sister Diane, Hilton has turned the request in of needs a touch from God. He's had a heart attack. While you're praying for him, pray for this service. Pray for your heart that God will help you to be able to receive the word of God. Right now, Lord, we come humbly and we come believing that you have given us a word and you have given us direction. And now, Lord, it comes to that time when the faulty vessel must be the channel through which that word comes. I pray that you will touch this vessel today. You will touch my lips and my mind and my spirit that I might be able to speak the word of God with that anointing and with that power that you have spoken to me And Lord, you will touch Jimmy this morning, touch that man in his particular need. And Lord, I pray that you will strengthen and raise him up right now in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. God bless you. Clap your hands to the Lord and give him praise. Hallelujah. And you may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Young people are going to stay in the class in here this morning, so if you don't mind to be mindful of that. 
I will preach to you as well. Praise God. My subject this morning is a question. What will define your life? What will define your life? Philippians is the aged counsel of a man who has lived many years. Paul writes from the Mamertine prison where he is living out his final days on this planet earth. Paul reflects very personal letter, the Philippian letter. It's one that I read often because it is a letter of encouragement. It reminds me that no matter where you are, and no matter what you're going through, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. That no matter whether you are in the palace or you are in a prison, rejoice in the Lord always. If you're going to do anything, he said, think on these things. And he gives to us the things that should occupy our mind. Paul is not a novice. He is well aged not only in years but in experience. And out of that age and that experience he begins to write this letter to his beloved Philippian brethren. Though he is well stricken in years, he is still full of life experience. And he speaks a most profound and needful truth. In a sharp and decisive sentence, a single sentence, Paul literally dissects life. And he lays it before our eyes for observation. And while looking at it, he shows to us in this dissection of life, the key to life and the secret to how a man should live. And in fact, it would, I would consider it to be the supreme principle of life. He speaks of a necessity, of an urgency, of a need to do this thing, this truth that he is speaking of is what I have come to learn is needed in the lives of many, many people that I know. Some of you even sitting here today. Defined in our text is the floodgate of blessing and it is the doorway to victory. It is the pathway to happiness and certainly it is an avenue to peace. If you hear and do what the Apostle Paul spoke in this passage. In one sentence, everybody say one sentence. One sentence, Paul lifts out for our instruction the distilled wisdom of all of his years, of all of the ups and downs and the experiences and the suffering and the victories Everything that Paul had gone through in his life's up 
until this point is distilled in this saying. It is the way to make progress. This is the way to live life. It is the way to overcome. It is the way to rebuild your life if it has been broken down. It is certainly the way to find renewal in your life no matter what your situation. And Paul simply said this one thing I do. Now he speaks of two things but they are in truth one fluid action. He said first of all it is important that you learn how to forget. Forgetting those things which are behind. Everybody say behind. Before I go too far in my message, let me digress just a moment and clear the air so I don't make anybody mad right off the bat. You know, it's bad when as a preacher, first thing out of the chute, you make somebody mad. They don't hear anything else that you say. And when you start talking about forgetting People get mad. People get defensive and they get walls that come up. So before you start throwing walls up, let me define what he meant by forgetting. Certainly Paul does not mean to forget or erase the past as though it never happened. He does not mean to wipe out the past from the mind altogether or as some people choose to do, simply ignore it. That, my friend, would be sheer folly and it would be foolhardiness to literally forget everything. As a matter of fact, only cowards forget in that way. Only people who are not willing to face issues live life that way. So Paul is not talking about erasing something. He is not talking about going back and undoing something. He is not talking about going back and remixing or remaking or rebuilding something. Paul is talking about something far more important. And when he says forgetting those things which are behind he literally means letting them go. Everybody say, let it go. Forgetting those things which are behind. Not holding on to it. Not concerned or absorbed with it. Not living in it, certainly. But releasing it and letting it be what it is, the past. It is what should be behind you. Everybody say behind you. The past. And Paul said it is paramount that you forget the past. That you release it. That you let it go. That you don't keep holding on and grappling with it. And going back and reconstructing it and reliving it and trying to redo it and remake it. That, my friend, is a life that is bound for misery. And the other part that Paul did not speak in his word, but the language speaks, is that the verb is in continuing action. 
That means you not only forget one time, but you keep forgetting. You keep putting it behind you. You keep letting it go. You keep releasing it. You get up tomorrow and you let it go. You get up on Tuesday and you let it go. What are you doing? I am forgetting what is behind me. I'm not trying to erase it. I'm not trying to act like it didn't happen. I'm not trying to belittle it. I'm not trying to say it doesn't matter. I'm not trying to say it is not important. What I am saying is I am not going to keep holding on to that because I have another priority in my life at this particular time. And somebody said amen. So what is behind? What is behind you? Well, you don't really want to talk about that, and neither do I. Because behind all of us are things that we would like to forget, things that we wish we hadn't done, things that we wish we could go back and redo. Behind all of us is a lot of stuff. I mean a lot of stuff. The past details too much, and it's too heavy. The past involves where we started. It not only has where we started, but it has where we came from. And it also tells how far we have come. But he said, you must forget what is behind. Let it go. Forgetting those things which are behind is a simple truth that many, many people struggle with. And some of us even here this morning. There are husbands in this building today. And no doubt there are wives here even so. Who think that their husband or their wife is living in the past. When in reality they are the one living in the past. There are men and women who sit on these pews today. Who are literally stuck in a cycle of failure. Because of this issue called the past. Trying to recapture old glory. Trying to relive lost youth and vigor. Trying to reconstruct broken dreams. And so we are today a people that struggle with forgetting. Somebody comes to you when you've been through a difficult time and they say you just need to forget it. And something rises up inside of you and said there's no way I will never forget it. But Paul said if you want to know the key to happiness, if you want to know the key to success, if you want to know the roadway out of misery, you are going to have to learn how to forget those things which are behind. Now, it doesn't mean that they didn't happen, and it doesn't mean it wasn't important that they happened. It means that you have released them. They are not holding on to you. They are not clamoring for your energy and your attention. So what should we forget? I think I, think I can give you two things that will sum up the total of most of what you're struggling and I struggle with. Number one, forget your past failures. Forget them. Let them go. You can't undo them. You can't gather spilt milk. You can't unbreak the egg. You can't unhatch the chicken. You can't. You can't go back 
and, and, and as much as you want to reconstruct everything so that it was what it was somewhere back in your mind, you can't do that. Whatever has happened, has happened. Whatever is, is. You are not going to change one moment by going back and going through every detail of what happened yesterday. It's not going to change the fact that it happened. It is what it is. And you must live with that. And so we forget our failures. It is foolish to live a life in regret mode. And there are a lot of people that live in that mode. They live in regret. They live and their life is always overshadowed by what they didn't do, what they didn't accomplish, where they failed, where they come short, where they messed up, where they missed the boat. And so their life is lived with this shadow of regret. Our future progress is burdened and it is hindered by the baggage of our past. So we must forget our failures and we must also forget our accomplishments. We must forget what we have attained. We must not allow ourselves to become so absorbed in what has happened that we forget that there is still something to happen. Now, we love forgetting our failures. Most of us want to forget our failures. But nobody in this building wants to forget your successes. That's what we hold on to. And that's what we live in. And the tragedy is there are some of you living right now this morning in the victories of past events and in the triumph of yesterday's glory and you're missing out on today's opportunity because you have bound the hand of God and you cannot release that hand to work in your life until you let it go. Forget your accomplishments because if you don't, it will limit your future. Because when you hold on to those things, you become satisfied that there, those days were the best days and they are now behind you. Those days were my best days and now they are behind me. Those days become a snare and they prevent me from seeing a repetition of those things. Forget the ground that you've covered, Paul said. As a runner who is running a race for his life, don't spend all of your energy reminiscing on all the twists and turns and all the ups and downs and the hills and valleys that you've been through. He said that's not where the focus of your energy and attention must be at this moment in your life. Quit looking at where you have come from. Quit looking at what you have been through. Quit looking and talking about what has happened to you and start turning your eyes in another direction because if you 
you will, he said. There is a victory that will come into your life. There is a freedom. There is a happiness. There is a joy. There is a peace that will flood your soul if you will let it go. Let it go. You can't undo the done. You can't undo the done. Whether the done was accomplishment or failure. Whether what you did was right or wrong. You can't undo the done. If we're not careful, the past can have a deadening influence on our personal lives right now. Because it will snuff out the dream and the vision and the hope of a better future. Amen. Many lives are lived with their faces to the past. Regretting lost glory. Brooding over past mistakes. Crying over lost opportunities. And the truth is they are gone. And they will not come in that form again. Sadly, many lives are stymied this morning and stalemated and some are stopped. Some even have derailed because they will not let go of the past. They will not release it. They live in old victories. They live in old glories. You know, that's what hinders a church a lot of times is minds that are absorbed with how we used to be. How powerful we used to be. How holy we used to be. How righteous we used to be. How glorious it used to be. And they live in those old victories. And they stymie the hand of God in the present moment. They live in old situations. And they relive old problems. Amen. Paul said forgetting Those things which are behind. It is sad but true that many people stop right here. And you will go home and some of you all that you will hear that this preacher has said today is you got to forget your past. You got to forget your past. And you'll stew over it and you'll eat and chew and you'll steam and stew. And you'll chew and eat and steam and stew because you've been told that too many times and it doesn't work. Well, you're right. If that's all that you do, it won't work. If all you do is try to forget, that's not the way out. If all you do is try to let it go, And release it. And that's as far as you go. That will not satisfy what is going on inside of you this morning. The only way you're going to step up and step higher is to follow on in the footsteps of the Apostle Paul. And to do what the Apostle Paul continued to say. He said, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching for those things which are before. You say, my friend, I don't know what you're talking about. Well, listen to me carefully for just a few moments because some of you stop at this point and you're not wise to stop here 
Because you are only living a backward life. You've got to go on. And the only way to go on is to reach. The only way to get out of that misery and get beyond that situation is to start reaching. 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 The great truth that Paul is trying to share with us is that the past is behind, but the future is before us. Amen. And this is God's will for every person in this building, that every person would be able to forget and reach. Forget and reach. Forget and reach. Forget and reach. Paul said, I am forgetting what has been as part of my determination to not forget what is ahead of me. I am forgetting what is behind me because I am trying to reach what is before me, what is still ahead. His instructions are simple, reaching forth. In the Greek, they mean to literally throw yourself forward, to push yourself toward the future. It is the attitude of the competitor rushing toward a goal. It is the mind of a man who is solely occupied with the remaining race, not what has happened in his life. He is consumed with what is yet to be done. And so he knows if I'm going to win this thing, I can't be worried about the time back there that I stumbled. I can't be worried about the time my feet got tangled up and I fell down on the side of the road I've got to be consumed by a desire by what is still ahead of me and there is a goal that is still before me there is a prize that I can still win I can still win the prize and so he says reach everybody say reach it is necessary for the future reaching reaching declares that I have something to live for. I came to tell some of you this morning that God gave me that to give you. That when you begin reaching in your life, when you begin reaching for what God has before you, when you quit holding on to the past, when you can't quit living in those things that are behind you, and you start reaching for what is before you, you are saying to God, God, I believe you have something yet for me that will help me overcome my past failure. It will help me rise above my mistakes. It will help me become a better man. But you're never going to get it until you start reaching. Everybody say reach. My future is brighter than my past. What is ahead is more important than what is behind me. Wherever the failure, this text teaches me that with God the best is yet to come. Did you hear me? Whatever the failure, this text teaches me that with God, the best is yet to come. No matter how good or how bad your past was. 
God said, if you live for me, the future is always brighter and better than the past. Now, you know what? That ought to blow some of your mind because some of you succeeded in life so far. And you can fold your arms and say, well, Brother Hughes, I really don't need this. And if you do, you are stymieing your life right now. And you are limiting what God can do with a person who forgets what is behind and reaches for what is before. He said, before me is a better day. Before me is a brighter future. Life is bound up in the forward step. It is bound up in the forward reach. There are conquests that have not been made. There are victories that have not yet been won. There are failures that have not yet been overcome. And if you you will start reaching if you just start reaching God will transform he'll turn your life around he'll put your feet on a path to victory he'll bring your family he'll bring your personal life back into order if you just start reaching 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 hallelujah his admonition was reach Marriages stagnate. You listen to me this morning. Marriages stagnate and die because couples quit reaching. Marriages fail because couples reach a place in their relationship that they spend more time in the past than they do reaching for the future. I'm not saying that the past didn't hurt. I'm not talking about that. Paul doesn't even go into that. Certainly it hurts. If you fall down and break your leg, that's going to hurt. Somebody does something to you that's wrong, that's going to hurt. He's not talking about that. He's not even getting into the dissection of what all did go wrong back then. What he's trying to say is that if you live back there, your life is going to continue to be miserable. And there are families that all the husband and wife do is sleep in the same bed. They live in the same house. But there is no real relationship there because they have stopped reaching. They are not hungry for more. They don't believe that at this juncture in their life things could be better. And so we just get used to living with one another. I knew you'd shout when I said that. Young people get trapped. Listen to me. Young people get trapped when they quit reaching. They get trapped in their own failures. And there's plenty of them. They get trapped in their own mistakes. Their own youthful Lusts and desires and passions and, and that impetuousness to want to do something but being ahead of time. And sometimes life can get bogged down with that. And when you live in the past, it's a miserable place to live. But if you'll just start reaching, if you'll just start reaching, that reach will get you out of that. It'll get you out of regret. It'll get you out of misery. It'll get you out of pain. Middle-aged people, middle-aged men here today get depressed 
because they quit reaching. Middle-aged women get depressed because they quit reaching. We quit reaching. We quit trying. We fail to realize that what is before us in God is still better than what's behind us. We try to live off the radiance of days gone by. And there's nothing wrong with that. But why not make some new days? Why not make some new memories? Why not make some new stories to talk about? Why do we have to sit around all the time and talk about what used to be? And think about, oh, honey, I remember back then. Honey, I'm going to tell tell this whole church, me and you fixing to start making some new memories. Because I don't believe that mine, her best days are behind us. I don't believe the best years of our marriage are behind us. I don't care how old you get. You're only as old as you let your mind tell you you are. And Paul said the secret to life, the secret to victory is letting go of what is behind you and reaching what is before you no matter what age you are no matter what station in life whether you're married single divorced wanting to be married wish you weren't married he said reach say it again reach reach what is before me what is reaching saying reaching says that my best day is yet to come Reaching says that my greatest success is still before me. Reaching says that life is going to get better. Life gets boring because men and women quit reaching. That's why people start experimenting. That's why people start cheating on one another. It's because life gets boring and it gets boring because they quit reaching. They quit trying. Shame on you if you look at your spouse and say, you know what, you're just going to have to put up with me. You might sleep softly because if I was my, you was my wife or husband, i tell you what, I'm just being facetious right now. Some of you think you look like the Lord's about to come and you're not ready. <clears throat> Lives become so burdened down because, not because they they forget, but because they quit reaching. They quit reaching. They, They quit believing that tomorrow can be better than today. And we become satisfied with what was. Content to let that be our legacy. I want to ask you something. Are you content to be one who allows what has been to be your legacy? Are you going to be satisfied to let that failure be what marks your life or that grand mistake be what 
everybody remembers you for or that sin that you committed? Are you going to be are you going to be content to let what has been decide what can be? There are couples here this morning. I'm not trying to divulge private issues. I'm just telling you, I know what I'm talking about. I know what God gave me this message for. There are families today that are struggling, typical struggles. But in the midst of those typical struggles, they start looking at one another differently and in a jaundiced eye. And we become accusative and we, we look at what they're not providing for the relationship and what they're not doing. And the truth is we have quit reaching. We, me. Not him or her, but me. I have quit reaching. And so I struggle. If you feel like your best days are behind you, I come to tell you something. I can't help you. So you might as well go ahead, pack up your stuff, and go somewhere and enjoy the rest of your life because nobody can help you, not even Jesus. If you think your best days are behind you, nobody can help you. But if you can believe the Word of God, if somebody in this building could just reach out this morning and seize that Word, I promise you something would begin to transform in your life and in your marriage and in your home and in your personal life. Looking forward to what is ahead of you is better than what is behind you. And God's Word confirms that over and over again. I know some of you are saying, Brother Hughes, I don't believe that. I don't believe that because I've tried it. I'm, I'm going to ask you honestly, have you really tried what I'm talking about? I'm not talking about just forgetting. Oh, you're, we're good at that. But have you then turned and started reaching, striving, straining, trying every ounce of energy to make this thing better, make it work? Are you doing that? Because if you're not, then you're not doing what Paul said. Paul said, I am so consumed with what is yet before me. And he's at the end of his life. He's about to give his head to the chopping block. He's about to go by way of the earth. But he said, I'm so excited, Brother Jay, at what is before me that I can't waste my time mumbling and rambling on about what happened yesterday. I want to remember it, but I want to let it go because I see something ahead of me that's greater than what's behind me. I see God doing something tomorrow bigger than what he did yesterday. I see a revival coming that God is going to redefine the normal. Hallelujah. 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 Someone said, Brother Hughes, you just don't know how far I've come. That's right, I don't. I may not. I may not know how far you have come, but if you don't finish, it won't matter. And the only way you can finish is to reach. Did you hear me? The only way you can finish is to reach. The only way you can make it better. Quit sitting around complaining about it. Quit sitting around poking and prodding the, the behind part. And start... Reaching for what is before you. If you look only at what has been 
you will be discouraged because you will see there the failure, the mistakes, the blow-ups, the blowouts, the what was, the what if. But if you could only start reaching, if you could only start reaching, you could create a new memory that would flood out that old memory. Do you hear me this morning? You could create a new memory that would completely flood out and push out that old memory. Remember years ago, brother, I think it was Brother V.A. Gidrose told about a big boat that was, that was grounded in Galveston Bay. They got out there with the tugboats and they pulled on that thing and pulled on it. And the more they pulled, the deeper that boat sank in the mud. And finally they said, you know what? There's nothing we can do. We're just going to have to abandon it. They said the only thing that's going to help this is for the tide to rise high enough that it will lift it. And lo and behold, in time to come, there was a high tide, higher than it had been, higher than normal. It began to move into the harbor. And what all the pulling and the yanking and all the efforts that they had made could not produce. When that tide began to come in, it lifted that old boat and it floated it out to sea. That's exactly what I'm talking about. When you quit pulling and tugging on all that stuff behind you and just, it's stuck. Some of it you're not going to get, but if you can get enough momentum going, you can create a spiritual tide that will lift that up and float it out of your life and you'll have a new memory that will so eclipse that old memory you won't even think about it. You, you don't, some of you don't believe what I'm telling you, but it's the Word of God. I'm here to tell you that you can have a future that's brighter than your past. You can have a promise better than anything you can imagine if you will only reach. Reach, 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 reach. 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 It's the key to restoration. It's the key to victory. It's the key to revival. It's the text about going on. It's the text about renewal. It is the promise that there is more. Amen. There is more. More grace. More power. More love. More mercy. Failing to reach is at the heart of every backslider's problem. Failing to reach is the cause of every suicide. Failing to reach is the reason for people to give up. Failing to reach is the reason people quit. But reaching says that no matter my past, failure or success, my best days are yet before me. That no matter my success or my failure, my best days are yet to come. No matter my experiences, my best experience is yet ahead. When you forget and reach. I go back to my question. How will you define your life? How are you going to define your existence? 
reaching. It's the hope of every sinner. I, I was laying on, be- on my bed last night trying to go to sleep about midnight, and the Lord just kept talking to me, and he gave me these three things. He said, reaching is the hope of every sinner. It's the hope of every lost person that comes into your building tomorrow. Every person that's lost their way, reaching is the solution. Reaching for for God. Reaching for what is ahead. Reaching for what is before them. He said it is the promise to every backslider. It's what will bring them back home. It's what will turn them back to the Father's table. And it is the hope of every saint of God. Reaching. Reaching. It's where peace is found. It's where joy comes from. It's where contentment comes. It's where that feeling that everything is going to be all right comes from. Some of you are just trying to forget, and that's not good enough. That's not good enough. You've got to reach. It is said that Spain once stamped on her coins, the pillars of Hercules, which represented the portals of the earth. And they took as their motto the phrase, ne plus ultra, which literally translated meant no more beyond. They lived by that motto until a brave spirit by the name of Christopher Columbus sailed beyond the pillars of Hercules. And Spain came back and they dropped the nay and they left plus ultra, which simply means more beyond. More beyond. That's what God sent me to tell someone this morning, that there is more. That's what he sent me to tell someone. We can sit and dwell on what we had or what we have had or what hasn't worked, what has not been, what has failed, what has gone past, what has been lost, or we can rise. I wrote this down yesterday and I I give it to you in closing. You can more readily redeem a wasted past By raising yourself out of it, healing its wounds, replacing its losses, and repairing its brokenness by reaching for what is yet before you. You don't really want to go back, do you? Does anybody really want to go back? My dad used to have a unique sense of humor and My dad lived through what people called the good old days. I remember there was a cartoon when I was a kid called the good old days. And it it was homespun uh, wisdom about those difficult times. Some of you lived through some good old days. My dad laughed at me one day. He said, son, don't let anybody fool you. There was nothing good about those old days. Water gravy and hard biscuits. And that's all that you had to eat one time a day during the Depression. Now, last time I checked, I don't know anybody, even the poorest among us, that had to 
had to have water gravy and biscuits. There was nothing good about. But the truth is, there's nothing good about going back. Even if you could go back, as human as we are, you'd mess it up worse the next time, and I'd mess it up worse the next time than we did the first time. So what do you do? What, what do you do, Brother Hughes, with all of the mixed up stuff that you pastor and, and, and the people and the problems that you're faced with? What do you do with the lives that are, are so diverse and people come with all kind of problems? What do you do? You do what the Apostle Paul said. You have to learn to forget. You have to let go so you can reach. I want to ask you this morning again, what will define your life? Holding or reaching? Holding or reaching? I came to tell every elder in this church this morning that your best days can still be ahead of you if you reach. Oh, you won't do it in the same way you did it years ago because you have much more wisdom, but you can still do greater things in your end than you did in the beginning. There are middle-aged couples that are stagnant in marriage today because somebody has quit reaching. Quit reaching. Quit trying. You need to start reaching this morning. You need to start reaching. Let go and reach. God has something better for you, brighter, ahead of you. The happiness that you desire is still there. It is. If you just start reaching. You can revitalize a relationship if you'll start reaching. You can renew a hope if you'll start reaching. You can renew a dream if you'll just start reaching. You can renew a passion if you just start reaching. There's some of you sitting here this morning that have anointings on your life and you have gifts that God has given to you that are not being utilized today because of things that happened in your past. Wouldn't it be great if before this was all over with, those tools were back in the hands of the Lord? And he was using them for his glory. They can be if you will forget and reach. Reach. I promise every marriage in this building will be better in the next week if you will make a conscious effort every day to reach for something ahead. Reach for something better. Let's stand together.